Well, good morning and welcome once again. And this is our, our last day of October. Last day of October. Well, one more day of October. Last Sunday in October. How about that? We'll go with that. Last Sunday in October. Uh, everything's all getting jumbled together if you've been by so fast now. At least this week here, we don't have as many page turns. We're going to stay in the book of Matthew and work a little bit and talk about some different things. You know, uh, we wear a lot of different hats, metaphorically. And uh, it seems like in today's world, more than ever, that we are really consumed with, with titles. And most of the time, we look at the title more than the person. And we're, we're divided and grouped and labeled by all of these different things. Some of the things we inherit, male, female, some of these things we get as we progress in time. We go from being men and women to husband and wives. Then we move on to mothers and fathers and eventually grandfathers and grandmothers. We have other titles that we, we strive for. We want to be a manager, a CEO. We want to be an employee. These are different titles that, that we receive. And then there's the titles that we want to have. We call ourselves brothers and sisters. We call ourselves Christians. And my question is today is, which one of these hats should we put on first? Which one is the, the most important? And what does that mean as we go upon our lives? Let's look into the Word a little bit. First of all, let's start in Matthew 22, in verse 37. Let's go ahead and pick up 36. They asked, Master... What is thy greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love thy Lord God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. Is to love the Lord. And I have to ask you, do you love the Lord? And you would say, well, of course, I'm listening right here to you today. We're either in church or I'm listening to this Christian religious podcast. And I love the Lord. I'm here. I'm in church. I'm part of it. I'm a Christian. But does your actions speak that? Is God really first and foremost in your life? And that's what this verse is telling us is that God has to come first. That you have to love them with all thy heart. So many times we just take and we just carve out a small little portion for God. And we put this whole list of things in, in front of it. You know, we love a lot of things. We love our family. We love our spouses. We love our friends. But we also love sweet potato pie. We love our favorite movie. Where does God fall in the ranks of these things? Is he 
above your family? Or is he above sweet potato pie? Or does he fall somewhere down the line? Love him with all your soul. How many things do we have that is tampering with our soul? We talk about the influence of demons. We talk about having the armor of God. How many of these things are influencing our soul and our mind? What is running through our mind? So here's a good good test for that because we've been talking about faith and fear and all these different things. And where does God come upon the spectrum of that? When it all goes amiss, what do we try to do? We try to fix things in our own power. We try to consult with others. We try to do all these things when we should be turning to God first. So that shows us right there where is God lined up on our minds. You know, God doesn't do these things. He's not telling us these things for no reason. God has purpose in everything that he does. Because you take a non-believer, you take a cynical person, you take someone that doesn't have a good personal relationship with God, that doesn't have good knowledge of the world of the word, and they're going to, to look at this and they're going to think this portrays God in a selfish, ruling, master, oppressive kind of way. And that is the absolute furthest from the truth. God tells us to love him because he loves us. And you think about it, who do you trust the most? It's the people that are closest to you who you love. Those are who you trust the most because we have that personal relationship and that's what God wants. He wants to love us. He wants us to love him, not because he craves attention. You remember, think about this now. God, before creation, he was perfectly content. He's content within himself. He completes himself. God doesn't need us, but we need him. God doesn't need us. But we need him. And see, that's all part of that lie that Satan tells us. See, we seem to think that we are the big component of the universe. And God is out there somewhere secondary. He's ornamental. He's decorative. He's to make us feel nice. But God is the number one. He is our creator. There is no accident. There is no big bang. There is no science that can explain God. God is. He is the alpha and omega, the beginning, the end. He is the creator of the entire universe. He is our creator and our heavenly father. And we need him. Matthew 6 and 19. Lay not upon yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doeth and corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. 
But lay up thyself thy treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, for your heart be also. So many times in life we are so consumed with getting something. We talked about titles. How do we get these titles? How do we get that status? How do we get all these things that we want that are so quickly and easily lost? We look at the people down there in South Florida. They've experienced a hurricane. We've seen great, expensive, multi-million dollar homes that some of us could only dream of be taken down to nothing in just a matter of minutes. We see hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars of stuff just gone. And the thing about it is, it's just stuff. It can be replaced. And for many of us, we have things that we want and we covet so much. All we can want is that, that latest new gadget that's coming out or that brand new car or that last next little piece of technology. And you know what? Within a year's time, there's going to be something bigger and better. And eventually that thing is going to be obsolete. Look in uh, just my lifetime. They had cassettes where we could take our, our music in a little Walkman, you clipped it on your belt, you put on some wired headphones, and you played that cassette, and you could flip it over and listen to the other side. And that was great. And then along came CDs. Well, now we have better audio quality. They, they work better. You don't have to rewind them. They're instant play. And now everything's gone digital. Those things came out. They were great at the time. They were expensive. Everybody wanted one. And now they're absolutely worthless. And that's what happens with so much of our stuff. And the reason is because this world is temporary. This is just the stuff we use to get by while we're here right now. Heaven is our ultimate goal. Heaven is our ultimate goal. Twenty-four. No one can serve two masters, for they will hate one and love the other, or else they will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Why thou shalt eat what thou shalt drink, nor for your body what shalt you put on, is life more than meat and the body raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, they do not sow, they do not reap, they do not gather in barns, for your heavenly Father feed them. Are you not much better than they? For of you by taking through and add one tibet to statue. We take and put so much emphasis on what man, mankind thinks of us. It only matters what God thinks of us. We are changing the status quo of so much stuff now in this world to make sure that we don't hurt anyone's feelings. That we include anything and anyone in any way that we can come up with 
that is the fly-by-night way of thinking that makes someone feel good and we throw everything else to the wayside. We've become a society that cares only about what each other person thinks, how they feel, and we have no basis of anything. And we will attach on to whatever kind of slogan that we want to attach on to it to make it seem like it is kosher and it works and it's part of the system until it's not. We'll say things like trust the science when it comes to vaccinations, when it comes to masks, when it comes to things of that nature. But when it comes to gender, we throw away biology. And the reason is, this is all the thought process. This is all the feeling process. We only have one source of truth. And that is the Word of God. And there'll be people that will get on whatever platform that they choose to get upon, whether it be from the pulpit, whether it be from social media or TV, however it may be, they will take their platform and whoever will listen to them, they will try to discredit the Word of God. And that is a tactic of Satan. To take what God says, to twist it around, and to make you doubt God. And you know that the way that we get our, our information these days, there's no back and forth. People just get up and they put up their opinion or their lies or whatever else they are trying to spew in front of you. And there's no one able to rebuttal what they're saying. Because they can simply type it out, they can send it out, they can talk about it, and we receive it. And if we even try to put a rebuttal into it, we can have our comments deleted, we can have our accounts frozen, we can have it completely taken away, where the argument is completely one-sided. And then if we've actually watched sometimes from when we have some debate back and forth, it's always a tactic to just see who can get the loudest. It seems like if you can get louder than the other person, that makes your opinion correct. If you can just talk over them, if you don't give them a chance to speak, if you can just be more aggressive... It doesn't matter about truth. It doesn't matter about facts. All it matters is, is how you feel. What prompted this message today? I seen a thing and someone had asked a question. I like to listen to a lot of stuff where people ask religious questions. I like to be asked religious questions. 
it challenges me because I like to answer them and I like to see what my initial thoughts are. And then also I like to be able to dig deeper into the, the word and see what God has to say on the matter. See, because that's one of the things that, that we don't realize is, is that no matter what the situation is, no matter how modern of a situation, the answers are in the word of God. All you have to do is know where to look. And when we do, we have to look at it with a mind that is open and not biased. We can't go into the Word of God with our minds already made up and trying to find Scripture that will back up what we already want it to say. Because what we're going to do is, is we're going to definitely that. We're going to find something and we're going to let our minds twist it around to agree with us instead of seeing what God is truly saying. God wants to take care of us like he takes care of the birds. But we have to trust in him. So, they asked us, you know, we're coming up on, on election time and we have all these people with all these different ideas. All these different beliefs. And it says, can I be affiliated with this party and still be a Christian? Now, my first question would be back to you is, what makes you a Christian? Because we throw that title out all the time. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And for many of us, we call ourselves that because we think that's the politically correct thing to do because we might occasionally pray that we have some sort of belief in God and we go to church every now and then. That is a, a very blanketed term. Now, I might use that, but more importantly... I'm a believer in, in Christ. I believe that he died for me. I believe that the Holy Spirit resides in me. I believe that he is there today. That he answers my prayers. That he sees me through my tough times. That he loves me. And that is the, the most important thing. And everything else that branches from that belief and that personal relationship with Christ branches out from there. That is the nucleus of it. And all these other things, when we gather with one another and church and our ministries and all this other stuff, all that is a byproduct of that personal relationship with Christ. The Word tells us that our relationship, that we have to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind. There, my friends, is your filter. So when you have any questions, you run it through that filter. So if you are concerned about an affiliation, where does that affiliation stand with God. 
This is an all-in situation. We can't just flip through the Word of God and say, oh, well, I like this. Well, well, wait, I don't like that, so we're just going to cross that out. We're not going to use that. But I do like this. You know, I like the good, I like the feel-good parts, but I don't like the work parts, and I don't like the things that may go against the world's belief system because I, I want to fit in, so we're going to admit that. That's not the way it works. It's an all-or-nothing situation. We have to dive in, see what God has for us in his word, and that's what we need to follow. I've never understood people that are so die hard for things of this world. What I'm saying is the only thing that we should have an obsession about is God. Hold my heart, hold mine, hold soul. And then things trickle down from there. Our spouses, our children, our families, our people in our lives. Things should never be at that level. Titles should never be at that level. God is first and foremost. So, we filter through. And as I was saying, how people get so wrapped up in the things. Brand loyalty. You know, there's times that we... we get something and it gives us good service. You may buy a certain brand of clothes or a certain brand of car or appliance or whatever it may be and that you may purchase another one after that because the first one did so well. But if you had bad experience, many times companies will change up their formula They'll change up their manufacturing process. They'll make changes in the name to make more money. And oftentimes that when they make these kind of changes, the quality of the product suffers. And they have a less quality product that's going to cause you more problems. Sometimes the vision of a company will change. Sometimes it changes due to the nature of the world. We've seen that, that some of these companies have taken a grand stand on some of these world politic situations. And then, as you as a consumer, you have to decide whether you're going to continue to support such beliefs or you're going to move on to something else. And for some of us, that brand loyalty is so important that it doesn't matter what the company does, we are going to stick with that brand. It doesn't matter how bad the quality of the product is, we are going to stick with that brand. Because that's the way we've always done it. And I just 
That's my brand, and I've got to stick with it. We just have an obsession with it. And we have to really watch and see why it is that this is so important to us. Because, you know, the first thing we want to say if someone says we're obsessed with something or we're addicted to something, oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. But we have to look at our behavior and see does it match some addictive or obsessive qualities. And when we stick with something, even though that it's not the best, that it's not giving us the results that we're after, and we don't have a good reason why we are, are doing it. You know, for example, if we're having some problems in our marriage, we just don't give up on that. And we go back to the Word of God because God says we stick through it. We work through it. We find our way through our differences with His help. But if we need to change brands of refrigerators, that's no problem. We can switch to something else. But we do that too with our, our groups. And people are so loyal, especially to something that's nothing more than a, a, a name printed on a paper card in your wallet. We're in political season. And there are people, many people, that are only going to be concerned about what the party is, and not who the person is. Used to be, in any situation, we picked the best person for the job. You would go and you would fill out an application, you'd fill out a resume, and you would conduct an interview, and you would conduct... Maybe some test to see your skill level, do some practical applications. And they would take all this data and they would compile it and they would pick the very best person. They had the most qualifications that scored the best because you want the, the best person in the position. But we live in a world now with affirmative action and quotas and that we have to reach certain diversities that that's not always the case. That there are factors that come into play that have nothing to do with your ability to do a position. And that seems foolish on so many levels. We have to have people that fit a certain image, that have a certain presence, or meet a certain criteria so that the, the company or whatever it is looks good as a whole, that it looks good to the outside world 
with what they're doing. And qualifications mean, mean nothing. We take the same kind of approach when it comes to our politics. We look at that little card we have and we see if it's got what animals on it, whether it starts with an R or a D, and we go just alongside those lines. Well, this guy's on my team, so that's who I'm voting for. And it doesn't matter what they stand for, what their beliefs are, if they're qualified, if they're going to do a good job for us personally and the country as a whole, for the state or whatever they're representing, none of that matters. It all has to do with the, the title and the affiliation. You know, God has given us plenty of examples. He, he told us and, and Samuel that you don't need a king. That's going to take you down a path that you're not going to like. We've seen Jesus as he went up against the Pharisees. Time and time again, we've seen their motives that they were trying to get rid of him, discredit him because he was a threat because he brought the truth. And with him spilling the truth out there that all we need is God and to seek the kingdom of heaven, that we don't need them, that that diminishes their power, that diminishes their profits. See, this is not a, a new problem, and this is not a problem that's went away. We're still facing the same things today. We have people that are willing to do whatever it takes. This is 2,000 years ago. In the time of Jesus, we had public officials that were plotting to get rid of a person because he was different, because he was for the people, because he spoke truth, because he went against the system. They plotted against him. And they was able to fabricate a lie because Jesus did no sin. He did no wrong. His behavior was perfect. And yet, he still died as a criminal. Not because of anything he did, because of the system, because of the corruptness. And most importantly, because everybody went along with it. They put a few people out there in the, in the things they were paid to start chanting to, to crucify Jesus, free Barabbas. And of course, we had this pack mentality. We want to fit in. We want to be along. So everybody started chanting the same thing. That's what's happening today, folks. People get loud so we get loud with them and we want to join in. And then they, they call us names. Well, if you don't act this way and you don't think this way and you don't do this way, you're this, 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 and this. 
You know, Jesus got mocked, spit on, whipped, crown of thorns on his head, beat, crucified. I think we can handle a little name calling. I think we can handle a little name calling. We can be different. You know, when we get to heaven and we're standing before God, you're not going to get credit for going along with the, the world, going along with the trend of the month, going along with all these things that go against God's word. In fact, it's going to be just the opposite. You're going to have to answer for each and every one of these things. And all these people that you're trying to please right now, all these feelings that you're so concerned about. And we have these people now, that they're so concerned about these other groups of people that they're not even part of, they don't even associate with, that has nothing to do with them, but they're willing to take such a stand because it's so easy now that we just have to get up on our little platform and speak and we feel like we're doing something important and really making a difference in the world and they don't even want it. They don't even have a problem with it. We're inventing problems for other people that don't even exist because they don't even have a problem with it. But these people, they're not going to be coming up to your, your side and your rescue, and they're not going to be intervening for you when it comes time to answer the God for all the things that you've done. You're going to be staying up there alone. You only have one interceder, and that is Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when you're in front of him and all the things that he has done for you and his ultimate sacrifice he's made for you and then they're going to be listing off all the things that you've done that is against him, against the Father, against the Word of God, against the kingdom of heaven, all in the name of what? To fit in to this crazy, messed up, sinful world that is dying. It's on a track to be destroyed. God's already said it. Sin is all in it. It will be destroyed. You know, we're get this big push about global warming and climate and all this other propaganda you know what that's like it's like fixing up a house that is set to be condemned it's got foundation problems it's not safe to be inhibited so they're eventually going to come along with that big wrecking ball and knock it down but no we want to go we want to put new windows in and put a fresh coat of paint on it the damage is already done and jesus has already paid the price to fix the problem. We can't save the world. We can't stop what's already in motion. It's already been set so many, many years ago. We don't have that kind of power. We can't override what God has already set into place. 
Can I be part of this system? Whatever that system is, you choose to be a part of. Well, the first question is, are you a believer? Do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to have that personal relationship with God? Wish we had one of these chalkboards where I could draw the little lines. And, you know, we go here, go here. But just try to stay with me. So that's your first question. And if the answer is yes, then are we willing to put God first and foremost? Because if your answer is no, I'm going to be honest with you. If your answer is no, and you're not willing to put God first, there is no sense of even going any further. Because you are for the world. It's either God first or for the world. That's it. You can't run down the middle. You can't pop in, have a little God, have a little world. It's one or the other. So if you're not willing to put God first, whole heart, whole mind, whole soul, all your love, then go with the world. Make the world choices. But if you are willing to, then you have to to look, because we have to coexist. We still have to live in this world. We have to be a beacon of light in this world. And we're going to have to make choices. We can't always stay neutral on everything because we need to be for God. So we have to look at what the Word says. So if we're for a group that's for abortion. Can we be part of that? God tells us that we shall not kill. We shall not murder. And if we're taking the life of something that has caused no harm, that is not a threat to the kingdom, that is not part of of war or battle or self-defense, and we're taking that life, that is murder. God tells us that children are a blessing. The family is a blessing. It's very clear God's stance on the situation. So we cannot stand with people that go against what God says. And then we're going to have people that's going to argue, well, what about women's rights? What about equality? You know, nowhere in the the Word of God does God say that women are, are less than. We have different roles, males and females, We have different things that we are to do as God commands. There is equality that God has put into place. And it may not be an equality that we're used to. You know, we think that everyone should have everything exactly the same. But, you know, that's not the case with everyone. We all have different abilities. 
You know, I may not be the best athlete, for example, but yet there's other things I can do. I can build, I can construct. There's other people that may not be good at those two things, but they have a different skill set. They might be really good at math or painting or art. So yes, we're not all the same, but yet we all have our own special things that make us special. And it's, it's a balance. And that's what men and women are. They complement each other. They balance each other out. They, the two pieces come together to make a whole. It's all part of, of a bigger plan. We just got this idea in our head that we should be exactly the same, that no matter what one can do, the other can do, and just we can switch back and forth, and that's simply not the case. It's never meant to be that way. And we're just building up things in our minds to put out there that simply don't exist. We've already made up our minds before we ever got into the Word, and we're just twisting the Word to make it fit. We have this whole gender situation. We're talking about titles. Now we have 80,000 different ones for what everyone is. You know, I was a farm boy growing up. It's real simple. If you want to know what something is, you turn it upside down. And it was one or the other. One or the other. You turn it upside down. And that's all we have to do today, folks. Just look down. And if you got one, then you're one. If you got the other, then you're something else. Nothing in between. But society, and just recently, society has decided that this is a, a problem. And it's only a problem because we allow it. And it goes against what God says. He said, let us, Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, as in the us, make man in our image. From man caused him to fall into a sleep, popped out that rib and made woman. There is no footnotes down there where he made they and them and he and she and Z and Zer and cat and dog and whatever else you decide to go by because you're feeling a certain way. It's a condition. For many people that are going through these situations where they want to change and morph into something else than what they are, there is some deeper lying issues than what's on the surface. They're trying to, to fit in to a, a certain group. They're trying to make themselves different, not for themselves so much, but for someone else. See, without God in our life, and when we don't have the 
others. We can feel so alone. Even around other people without God, we can feel so alone because nothing can feel that hole but God. We've got to put Jesus in that hole. The only thing that fits in that hole is Jesus. And without that, you're just going to keep trying all these different things. We never hear any long-term results. You know, what, is, what was it like five years down the road or ten years down the road? Every time we get into one of these transitional situations, you know, we see it, we see it happen. Oh, well, they're going to do this. And then we might make a TV show about it. And then as soon as the TV show goes away, we don't hear from him ever again. We don't hear that five years down the road or 10 years down the road, it was still the best decision they ever made. In fact, many times, if you do happen to find a little bit of information, you're going to find out that it's just the opposite, that they did not get the results they were looking for. That it's been a hard road because it's not natural. And now you're so dependent on all these different chemicals you have to put into your body to keep things going the way that you're going. And that they didn't find the love and the freedom and all these things that they thought was going to happen. In fact, they're in the same situation that they were before, except with all these other problems tacked on now. See, they don't want to... to Glamify that because that is the truth of the situation. That's the kind of thing that God is trying to steer us away from. He wants us to be happy, healthy, whole. Not put a temporary fix on a situation. We have pills for everything. It's pretty hard to watch a 30-minute television show and not see an advertisement for some kind of drug that you need to fix whatever the problem is. There was one on the other day, and it was something to help you sleep. And then they started going on with the list of side effects. And I was like, wow. Why not try a melatonin? I was like, that is crazy. It's like the, the side effects are so much worse than the problem they're trying to fix. But that's the, the mentality that we have today is just to take a pill, to go get some therapy. When a lot of times we could just alleviate the problem, we just had a good old conversation with God. If we just had that peace that only he can bring. Anytime someone gets to the situation where they're, they're coming to, to me as a, as a counselor and they've got a problem, you know, that's one of the first, what's your relationship with God? Well, I don't have one. Well, let's start there. Let's see what that can do first. Talk about a root of a problem. They're here, they're talking to me out of desperation. Because they've, they've tried everything else. Well, let's try what we should have tried at the start. Let's fix the problem. 
Let's don't put a band-aid on it. Let's fix the problem, not just treat the symptoms. I've kind of got off topic there, but the point is, is that we have to filter everything through the Word of God. And we have to stop worrying about what is the popular choice, what everybody else is doing, and worry about what God has to say. And when they stand up and they say, I'm for this, I'm for this, and I'm for this, and we look into the Word of God, and God says, no, 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 then that's exactly what we should say too. You're not our person. And if we all would stand up for what is right, what is for God, we could see real change in this world. We could build up that kingdom power and see it executed here on earth. But we've got to be strong. Not real strong. You know, just strong enough to not let some name-calling not like some, some heckling bother us, you know? Is it really so bad to be called a Bible thumper? Is it really so bad to be called a believer? Because I guarantee you when you get up there in front of God, it's going to fee, feel real good then. He's going to come with his rewards in his hands. And if we look at some of the things that some of other gods, hardcore players have faced in their time, Paul and Peter and the apostles, David, a little name calling, a little isolation from the population doesn't seem so bad, does it? We all have choices to make. We all have to wear many hats, but you have to decide what hat to put on first. And that hat is the one of Jesus.